Lab Rats. Welcome to Send This to Trace. I'm Hannah. I'm Emily. And we're two best friends who are recapping one of our favorite shows, CSI Crime Scene Investigation. Join us as we make our way through the top 50 ranked episodes and get a heaping dose of 2000s nostalgia along the way. Let's get to it! Woo! That won't go in it. Welcome back to Send This to Trace, everybody. How you doing? What's up? I am Hannah. I'm Emily. And if this is your first time listening, this is a podcast where we recap the top 50 episodes of CSI. Just a little intro in case you're you're a newbie here. Yes, absolutely. Which is probably going to be everybody. <laughs> Come join us. Come, We're fun. Come join us. So how has your week been, Emily? Not too bad. Not too bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pretty standard. Yeah, I uh, had an anniversary, man, Trent. Yes, that's true. I uh, have been married for eight years now. I texted you on your anniversary, didn't I? I really don't know. I swear I thought I did. If I, if I didn't, happy anniversary. <laughs> I mean, possibly, but uh, that's been a smidgen a bit to It go. has been a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, other than that, uh, now, just working. Working, you know, vibing. Just, yeah, just getting it, getting it done. I, this week I went to Chicago on a work trip for a couple of days and it, okay, I don't think I've even told you this. So like, you're going to have no idea what this is. Oh, Lord. So I, for this conference that I was at in Chicago, they put me up in this like, I mean, mega fancy hotel, like probably one of the fanciest I've ever been in. Just like, not even like fancy, just huge. It just like, yeah. it was like, I was on the 32nd floor of oh, this hotel. Oh, Lord. No, thank you. It was insane. No. It was, I loved it. But anyway, so there's like several different conferences going on at this hotel at the same time. So there was uh, my conference, which was tiny. And then when I was walking into the hotel to check in, they had all of these like NBA signs everywhere. Like, yeah. Like they, they were like NBA combine. And I was like. Oh, I didn't even know they had a combine for the NBA. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, there's all these people here at NBA lanyards all checking in at like the same time. There's NBA stuff everywhere. And I thought I was supposed to be on the second floor for this conference. So I go up to the second floor and I was supposed to be on the fourth floor. But anyway, and I kid you not, everybody is at least a foot taller than me. There's all these massive men oh, everywhere. Lord. Like it was like a giant convention. <laughs> and like... <laughs> So that's what they were doing. They were having the combine at this hotel that was attached, funnily enough, to this to this arena, this basketball what? arena where, like, a WNBA team plays in Chicago. And so, yeah, there were just all these people that were, NBA, like, Holy the crap. best of the best NBA, like, rookie NBA players were just hanging out in this just hotel with out. me. Just yeah, it was great. Loved it all. I got, into a ho- I got into the elevator one time, like, the second day that I was there, and it was me and one other guy that was clearly a basketball player. He was very big. <laughs> anyway, I got in there with him. And then we go down, like, a floor and stop. Because I'm on the 32nd floor, so we have to go a ways. Yeah. And, like, I'm not kidding. Eight huge <laughs> people come into this. And I'm in the back corner, like, just, just standing like, there. Just suck it in, guys. Suck and it I, in. And I'm not short either. I'm, like, five seven, five eight. Yeah. And I, these people are towering over me. <laughs> Anyhow. So I'm, like, standing there. And they're going to the second floor. I'm going to the fourth floor. So I have to get off before all of them. So, so you have we, to scoot through We get to the fourth them. floor. And I was like, how am I going to? do this like these guys are like chat like talking loudly to each other and all this yeah. stuff you know they know each other and so i'm like standing there and i'm like we get to the fourth floor and it opens and you can tell they're like who the hell put the fourth <laughs> <laughs> and so i was like this is me guys <laughs> 
They were so sweet. They were like, Bless they were like, it. don't make a path, guys. She's got to get out. Let her go. <laughs> and I was like, y'all could be making like millions of dollars here in a few months. <laughs> here I am. I just need to get off the fourth floor. I just please. need to get off the fourth floor for my student data privacy conference <laughs> that I'm at. I just got a promotion, guys. So funny. I just need to get off the fourth floor, please. Just let me get off on this floor. <laughs> anyway, so that was really funny. Like every time, I would die. Every time I went to the lobby, there's just like groups just of huge people. Like it, it sounds bad, but. They're just so tall. No, and you don't know so how tall. tall they are until you're standing next to them. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> like where? But it not? was it was a great time. It was Aww. a great time. They were yeah. very very nice. Every time I had to like get into an elevator with them. <laughs> real kind, real kind folks. <laughs> you're like, can I just please squeeze in here? Scoot me out. Yes. I just anyway. little. I just little. Yes. Yes. Alrighty. Should we jump into? This wonderful episode that we've got prepared for. Yes. So okay. before you start your little shenanigans, yep. we're in season two. We're at the very end of season two. We're at the last. For our list. Yes. Yes. Nineteen. Yes. Nineteen. Episode nineteen. I wrote down nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nine. It's nineteen. So in episode, <laughs> you left. what? Okay. Emily has CSI playing at her home right now, and, and we're in a different. We're room. in a different room with the door shut, and I can hear. <laughs> You're closer to the door, so I didn't know that. Ah, really? <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to interrupt you. <clears throat> Anyways, we, you can tell that we love CSI because yeah. I literally have it playing in my living room, in your living room. for my dogs. It's fun. <laughs> they're they're uh, they're traumatized your dogs. Yeah, they don't care. Um, so. What I was saying, so season two, episode 18. So the episode that we're fixing to do is episode 19. Mm -hmm. Episode 18, I about squealed out of my pants when I saw that Greg was in the field. He's in the field. He was in the field. He responded to a scene, even if he wasn't supposed to. Yes, give him credit. I know. I mean, the boy wants to, like, get in there and get dirty. Bless his little heart. So It was a terrible case to come up on. It was. Grissom called a quote-unquote all hands on deck, and Greg thought, that must mean me, too. (laughs) He's not feeling certified. And he shows up, and they're like, Greg, what are you doing They're like, what the heck are you doing here? And he was like, like, it was an all hands on deck. (laughs) And you didn't bring a warmer coat? Yeah, he's like standing there in like this tiny jacket and freezing. And he also kind of like shit the bed a little bit. Yes, yeah. it was so pitiful. I it kind of reminded me like I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Yes. And I'm like, oh, it may, it put a pit in my stomach because I was like, oh, Greg. Oh, can I just give you a hug? Yeah, because so everybody do that. Aww. <laughs> and it, oh my gosh, he was great. Yeah, he was great. That's an excellent segue into the rest of where are we? <laughs> said this this episode that we're covering is called stalker and it's toward the end of season two so it's season two episode 19 we've had a lot of episodes in between the last episode that we covered in this one so there's a lot of stuff that's happened for for our csis in between so i'm going to start with warwick i've got like a little uh section for each one of our people because they all had something happen to them so warwick in one of these episodes one of the quote-unquote suspects like really likes him and like starts flirting with him and yes. he like goes on a date with her and yes. turns out that she's guilty which 
it was so sad. I hated it for yeah. him because he has to turn her in, of course. Mm-hmm. And he, at the end of it, he's still struggling with his gambling addiction. So he goes to I know, which a casino. I know. He goes to a casino and Nick comes and sits with him to like yes. support him. And my heart, yes. I swear, I, Nick and Warwick are just, they're he's fantastic. Like, Warwick's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm just sitting here with my friend. And just I was like, out. <laughs> It's like he's watching out for his buddy. Yes, he, he loves his boo. So they still got a bromance. Works having a bit of a time. Catherine had kind of a really cool episode. So she had an episode where somebody that um, used to give her work yes. back in the day was accused of something. And we got to the end and she finds out that he's been doing something nefarious and he's been dishonest and all that. And so she has to turn him in. Uh-huh. And he... Um, he like berates her, like it was yes, kind of a really. Her a, he calls her a a whore. Uh, yeah, yeah. He calls her a whore because she used to be because she used to be an exotic dancer. Yes, and that's all she was. And yeah. she proudly says that that's all she was was just an exotic dancer. Yeah, and she like she gets on him. She's like, "You're expecting me to go against like all this work that I've done for you," and she's like, "So you tell me who's the whore?" Absolutely. And, and I was like, I literally, Ow! I was like. <gasps> Yes. Oh my gosh. Get it, it was Catherine. such a mic drop. I yes, just, absolutely. Her character growth is phenomenal as well. Everybody's character growth is like yes. really ramping up. It's crazy. Yes. So Grissom, also he's flirting with Sarah openly now. Did you catch any of that while you were watching through? Maybe. So there was one episode, I don't remember what it was, but Sarah puts in a transfer request because oh, Grissom yes, yeah. is like... He's so disconnected from his employees. Like, he doesn't remember anything about them personally, and that's kind of like a running thing. Right. Anyway, she's like, I need to work someplace where I feel appreciated in that way and all of that stuff. And On a more uh, personal level. Yeah. And Grissom, like, sends her flowers and is like, we need you that's here. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about it that. very, very sweet. Catherine. Catherine said, she was like, you know, you got to do something. Yeah. You know. Or else she's gonna leave. You gotta, you gotta step it up. Yeah. And there was a line in um, one of the episodes where uh, Grissom says something that's something's beautiful or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's like, "When did you start caring about beauty?" And oh, he was yes. like, "This is like when I met you or something like that." And I was like, "Grissom, look at you, blossoming." It was so sweet. I yes. loved it. And that's kind of caught us up with all those people. We already talked about Greg's first taste of field work. Bless his little heart. Yes. I think, um, I don't know what episode it was when I sat down um, <laughs> and, and Trent just happened to be in, in there watching it with me. And he was on his phone. He wasn't paying attention. And he saw um, Grissom and Sarah. And he's like, are they having sex yet? <laughs> I was like, no. No. <laughs> Not yet. Calm down. We like, got a ways to go. He's, they've got to butter each other up, you know? This is like, a 2000 show. We got like 25 episodes and multiple seasons to get through before, <laughs> before that even happens. So that gets us up to, I think that brings us up to speed. Yes, with, absolutely. With our characters at least. Yes. And I guess Sorry, we're ready. I had to, to start out with Greg. No, you're good. <laughs> of course we have to start out with Greg. So we are on episode 19 of season two. This episode is called Stalker. And it is number 25 on our list of the top 50 episodes. So we are smack in the middle. Howdy, folks. It's Hannah from the future. I wanted to jump on here and give a little bit of a disclaimer for this episode. We messed up. And by we, I mean me. Uh, I had put the ranking together incorrectly. So we will say throughout this episode that Stalker is ranked ranked 25th on the list 
of all-time greatest CSI episodes when in actuality it is ranked 35th. So if you hear us make that distinction or we put a 25th episode in, uh, just know that it's because we messed up. So just wanted to make that clear before we get going. Now back to the show. I guess we can jump right in with the summary and get hop on to into it. Stalker, yes. season two, episode 19. Yes. So this episode opens on a terrified woman who is clearly in great distress in her home. She receives two phone calls in a row, not wanting to answer. When she does pick up, the voice on the other end begins calling her names. And in her terror, the woman begins biting her nails. Like she's sitting on the floor. It's storming. I think it's storming. It probably is. And she's biting her nails while she's talking on the phone mm-hmm. to this guy. And the voice on the phone reminds her that she shouldn't bite her nails. Oh, and, and it just, ugh. whenever I heard that, my stomach fell out of my butt. I know. I hate that I was so like, much. Oh, gosh. I was I was very tense during this episode, and I don't like it. Was it was creepy. Like, like, I did not like it at all. I mean, you hear all the time about, like, you know, stalker stories or whatever. Yeah. I actually see it play out. It's mm-hmm. just like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> so, the woman panics, obviously, and realizes that the caller is in her home, or at least in a place where she can see, where he can because see her. Because she's... Vodding her nails. Yes. She hides inside her closet, opens the door just a little bit to let in her little puppy who is very scared. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And as she in, she holds the dog and as she scoots back further into the closet, a pair of arms grab hold of her and pull Ugh. her. That just like, that's terrible Ugh. fear of mine is somebody in my house and I don't know it. It is so, so creepy. My dogs are raising hell and praising Dale. Um, excuse me. You're good. They act like they're big old German shepherds, um, but they're not. They're like they're very, very small, <laughs> chunky small dogs. So chunky babies. Anyways, so Catherine and Grissom respond to the home and find the woman identified as Jane Galloway posed in her bathroom. She's been propped up against the toilet to appear that she's throwing up into it. Her like she's drunk. Her hair has also been dyed red. Catherine, while searching for a point of entry, notices that all of Jane's windows are nailed shut and she has numerous locks on all of her doors. Jane has also invested in a state-of-the-art alarm system and the team can't figure out how the perpetrator got in, let alone how he got out because there is no signs of anybody going in or out of the house. Right, because the her main door has three locks on it. Three like intense locks lock on it. Nails and, everything shut. Um, like two deadbolts or something like that. Yes. So yeah, is it was when she ran for the bathroom and tried to get it open. I mm-hmm. was just like, oh, I, oh, I hate it. It just, but at the same time, she probably did that to like keep herself. She did it herself like, to keep her safe. You don't. But then imagine, she's trying to get away from it, and it's like, huh. You don't imagine that dude's actually in your house. Yes. Oh yeah. When you do that kind of yeah. stuff. So when Nick arrives at the scene, he's clearly drawn in by the positioning of the body. He's like staring at her, her body there. He's, you know, he knows something. He stares at it for a while. He kind of gets like a pit in his stomach. Yeah. But he insists to Grissom that he doesn't know who Jane is. Catherine, working the bedroom, collects hair from the bed and instructs Nick to take a look under the bed and see if he finds anything. He finds a plastic bag, takes it in for evidence. She teases Nick about a recent quote-unquote Crime Stopper article that has been written about Nick in the department newsletter about how he successfully solved a case, and it's kind of turned him into a bit of a celebrity, so they decide to, like, they're kind of ribbing him a bit, like all of the department is. Yes, so did I miss something, or was that just, like, part of the episode that they... Because this episode, ultimately... We'll get to it. Uh, okay. I missed this, too, when I first watched it, and then when I was writing this summary, 
I caught it again. Okay. So okay. we'll get to that. Yeah. Nick is clearly embarrassed about this. <laughs> he was like, I don't want this attention. <laughs> like, I didn't ask for this to be written. Catherine notes that he should be investing in new shirts since he's so famous now because Nick's wearing like scrubby clothes. And Nick's he's like, a simple man. I know. He's like, all my he's clothes from the dry this. cleaners have, like, the dry cleaners have been losing my clothes. I, this is all I oh, got to wear. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I wrote down a couple of notes about this uh, lady's house. So I wrote down bathrooms again because, oh Lord, everything always happens in the damn what bathroom. What is it with a bath? I think it's just because it's easy access for like a tub or, you know, whatever. Right. To kind of, I don't know. Yeah. And like while they're in the bedroom, Jane Galloway's bed, I wrote, it looks like she picked up her bed off the side of the road. Like it was rusty. <laughs> and well. Like I get that it's like a look, but. Oh Lord. It was not cute. Yeah. It looked really She's really struggling. Bad. She's but, struggling. And I said Nick's jumpy again as always. Because yeah, and it hurts my heart. He's always jumpy. I don't like it. Like people scare him constantly. <laughs> <laughs> He's just whittled. I didn't realize this. I was like, He's so Nicky. He's such a sensitive man. <laughs> so Doc completes his autopsy on Jane and determines that while she was strangled, she was not raped or robbed. So they're kinda like, what the heck's the point of Like what are you doing? Of this, yeah. yeah. Greg, mm-hmm. in typical Greg fashion, has been spreading Nick's Crime Stopper article around the department. <laughs> and he's he's warned by Warwick, Warwick's kinda like, Hey, Nick's not happy about this. You might ought to watch yourself. You a bit. And <laughs> Okay. So Nick's not happy about it. Nick reminds Greg. Greg goes up to him to kind of talk. And he like kind of grabs his lab coat. And he's like, hey, listen. <laughs> he reminds, reminds Greg that he should stay out of Nick's personal life. And that a community member letter is what was responsible for the article. Not his own campaigning for it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, step off. Yeah. So while they're talking, Greg is watching Nick fumigate this plastic bag that he found under the bed. And Greg sees a face in the bag. Like, the imprint of a face. And they discover that Jane was suffocated with the plastic bag. Yeah, just showing that um, image in, like, whenever they're, they've got it in a box, fumigating it. Uh And it just, it's like a perfect outline of a face. And Greg sees it before Nick. Yeah, it's like on the back side of the bag. what are you talking about? And he, like, (laughs) walks around and he's like, oh. It's so creepy. Yeah, it's mm -mm. it's terrible. No. Across the lab, Warwick's been analyzing the hair that Catherine found on the bed, and he finds out that it isn't a hair at all, but a piece seems to be a piece of fiberglass. Brass and Sarah are doing some digging on Jane herself and find out that she had a restraining order against her boyfriend, Adam. They find that Adam called Jane 13 times on the day that she was murdered and Ugh. promptly go to question him. Adam's a bit of a piece of work. Yeah. Like he's, you can tell he's a little bit nuts. He's up. a lot, yeah. Sarah finds Adam with blood all over him in his car on the street asleep. When taken into the station and questioned, Adam says that he has no memory of the night before and isn't sure where all of that blood came from that's on his face. However, he does say that Jane broke up with him a couple of months ago when she started acting weird and never leaving her home. Uh It's confirmed by police that the blood on Adam's face isn't Jane's. He actually got in a bar fight and the only reason that he has called so many times because he was high. At the time. Oh, okay. I was yes. trying to figure out, like, whenever they did find him, I'm mm-hmm. like, what in the world has happened I know. Happened he, he got in a bar fight. Was, yeah, he's coming down off of that. his off yeah. of his substances. And he's, therefore, eliminated as a suspect. Right. So, uh, now we go back to poor little Nikki. 
After a long <laughs> after a long day of work, Nick heads home to his man cave slash sports bar of a house of a house. <laughs> of a horse. <laughs> of a horse. So did you notice all the like it looked like the most generic sports memorabilia every Yes. <laughs> he's little. He's, a... he's so sample. Okay. He had like baseballs on the walls <laughs> and like uh... <laughs> Okay, I need to talk about Nick's home for, yes. for a little bit. Yes. So he he walks through his house. He's got all this sports memorabilia everywhere. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but there's a rug on the floor that I swear has a T in the middle of it, and I'm pretty sure it's the Texas Longhorns T. Oh, is it? I, didn't I think so. That. It's not the right color, but oh. it's the. It looks exactly like their like the shit. Like they probably tea. can't do right, like, but I swear and. I was, I was like, he has a Texas Longhorns rug. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> He's a Texas boy. I like to imagine that it's a Texas Longhorns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes. it's a very nice place. It just it's a, it's very clean. It's, it's very, very pretty. It's much yeah. better than freaking Grissom's prison of a house. Yeah, but anyway, with like bugs and crap everywhere. So he sits down in his house to unwind. He watches Duke play basketball on this really pathetic television. And checks his email. Yeah. (laughs) Starts to check his email on quote unquote internet online. Oh, not AOL. It looks just like AOL dial up, but it's internet online. (laughs) Doesn't that make you feel old? Yes. (laughs) And he he checks his email with internet online and finds that an old prom date has sent him some photos that that she'd come across from their high school days while she's like cleaning up her house. Also, her like username is Horndog. Oh dear lord! Did you notice that? And he's no. like, "Horn dog, wonder what this is." <laughs> oh yes, yeah. I was, I was like, "What?" I, I, it, it took me a while to catch up because I'm like, "What are we doing here on your laptop?" Mm-mm. Or I mean, your computer. Oh my gosh, whatever it was. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> anyway, he he's looking at these pictures and laughing on the old times. One of the photos shows uh, his prom date throwing up over a toilet in the exact position that Jane was put was placed in. That's why he had a pit his prom stuff. date has red hair. He dyed, the stalker uh, dyed Jane's hair red. It's very, very weird. And Nick is very understandably freaked out by this whole thing. Right. And he he talks to Warwick about it a little bit. And he's like, someone must have gotten into my email uh-huh. somehow. Um, they were like, is it somebody in the department, do you think? And he's like, I don't know. He was like, this right. is my personal email. Right, somebody got yeah. in his personal email. Yes. And did you notice that, like, sorry, to go back to, like, no, the good. crime scene? Yeah. That there was red splattered, like, all over the tub. Yes. And Grissom was, you know, said something about it being blood. And Catherine saves the day because she is the woman. Um, she's like, no, that's hair dye. Like she, like, she, like, <laughs> scooped that up and yep. snit, did the little sniff test. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, at least I didn't lick it. I mean... <laughs> Grissom like, probably would have, yes! honestly. <laughs> Nasty. So, in a fun and random turn of events, a psychic named Morris Pearson arrives at the station and tells Brass and Grissom that he believes he had a vision about Jane's death prior to her being discovered. And he has details of the murder that the public hasn't even been made privy to. So this psychic looks like Rain Man or a serial killer. One of the two. He's very, very suspicious. He's very suspicious looking. And I mean, my goodness. And I was like, he knows way too much. He knows like the angles and stuff. Like we'll we'll talk. I'm sure you'll talk about that. Yeah. Like his visions and stuff. Uh huh. He knows too much. He knows way too much. And I was like, and then when we get to like a certain part, I'm like, oh well, nothing. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. So Morris says that he his vision contained a few things. It came, contained a quote unquote screaming face in a plastic womb, which is the plastic bag. Oh. Why would you describe it that way? Yeah, don't do that. And a blood shower 
which is the red hair dye, mm-hmm. and three hearts beating very fast, one smaller, which is the attacker, Jane, and her little dog. Yes. Ugh. Which, whenever he said that, I was like, Ugh. I thought she was pregnant for a minute. Yes. I, I, I okay, I'm like, glad I wasn't the only one. I was like, <laughs> no. She's pregnant. No. The dog. It's the dog. Yeah, and it hurt my heart that the dog was even involved. I know, it's so sad. Yeah. Sarah does a bit of digging into Jane's personal life and finds out that she recently took a leave of absence and then quit her job before buying lots of locks and security system features. She also changed her phone number and did all she could to become anonymous, including spending a few nights in a hotel, the Monaco. Okay. Yes. So many freaking people have stayed at the Monaco. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that that's where all their creepy people stay at is the Monaco. I wonder, mm. is that a real place? I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> Could you imagine if we took like a girl's trip to, uh, uh, what you call it? Vegas. To Vegas and stayed at the Monaco and. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, uh, look up, see if it's like, because we all know that the, um, Las Vegas airport is not There's a, a lot of apartments. I don't see an actual hotel. <gasps> Look at them making up shit. I will dig and okay. we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she stays at the Monaco. Sarah also finds out that the calls from Jane Stalker were all coming from inside her home. So oh. like she looks at her phone records yes. and it's not a different number calling in. It's Jane calling herself, which is so weird. It just, yeah, that put a pit in my stomach. Mm-hmm. So that's why she goes to the hotel, right? Yeah. To like kind of... To kind of just give herself an escape. Yeah. Brass also makes the discovery that Morris Pearson, our friendly psychic, was in the adjoining hotel room to Jane's. So he's right next to her in that it's hotel like, in Monaco. You're looking worse, though. I know. It's like, Morris, come on, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I wrote down, there's too many coincidences here, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop it. <laughs> so Brass and Grissom go to question Morris again. And he says that he didn't know Jane at all, but that he had sensed a negative energy coming from her room next to his in the hotel. So he tried to call her and call her hotel room and explain what he was sensing. But Jane was obviously so freaked out that she hung up on him for Absolutely. real. Like, why the I hell would you be like, yeah, don't no. do that. Morris and followed. you're a random man. Yeah, too. you're random. Like, you, she has no idea who you are. You right. could be like a part of your the stalker network Another or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Morris followed Jane when she checked out of the hotel because he wanted to comfort her. Basically, this guy is suspicious as he can be. Like, that's absolutely so yeah. incriminating. Morris also shares additional visions he had about Jane prior to her death. Quote, unquote, three locks, which is the locks that Jane had on the front door. Hanging ghosts, the clothes in her closet where she hid and was grabbed. Uh-huh. And wooden beams in church darkness. This one's still a mystery at this point. We don't know what that means. Right. When Grissom takes Morris to Jane's house to give him to let him look around... Morris confirms that her door locks and clothes are the ones from the vision, but he was looking at them from a different angle, up above the scene. Grissom looks up inside the closet and finds a hidden pathway up to the home's attic, which is the church beams in the darkness, is the roof of the home. Like the um, yeah, up in the reference. Attic. Yeah, that up, makes. up there, he finds disturbed insulation and several peepholes in the attic floor. Oh. One for every room of the house. And, and dudes labeled them. And it's labeled. Labeled oh. them. It it's, made me what? sick to my stomach whenever they did that. I was like, oh, God. It is so creepy. Yeah. And it, it shows, like, flashbacks of, like, somebody up there watching her. Yes. Literally, like, take a shit. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> She's, like, sitting on the toilet. Like, like leave her alone. Let her have a moment. No. I mean, my goodness. And, like, whenever she's sleeping, oh, it's just, no, whenever it's he horrible. did that, mm-mm. No, it just horrible. made me so tense. Even just thinking about it, it just, oh. Ugh. 
People are so crazy. Ugh. The stalker also has his own phone that he's connected to Jane's line. So he's got his own phone up there that he can call her from. Which shows that he's calling inside the house. Right. Because yeah. it's still attached to her phone line, so it shows up as her on her phone records. Right. This is, it's so gross. Grissom believes that the stalker's motivation has nothing to do with sex, but rather the control he now has over Jane by being able to watch her inconspicuously. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, it just, uh You always kind of assume that, like, stuff like this would be sexually motivating. Sure, I mean. Because it's like a stalkerish thing. He's literally in her attic looking through peepholes. At her. You almost imagine it's like a peeping Tom type of thing. Right, yeah. But it's definitely not sexually motivated. Right. It's, I I do agree with Grissom that it is a very uh, controlling. Yes. Motivation. The question of how the stalker got in and out of Jane's home is still up in the air. The attic window only opens from the inside, so Grissom hypothesizes that Jane may have willingly let the stalker into her home at some point to get him a, get him a toehold in. The team begins searching through Jane's utility bills to see who may have gotten in and find that Jane recently subscribed to Luna Cable, and her technician was a man named Nigel Crane, who like came into her house to set up her cable. And here you are just trying to live life, needing some cable. You just need your freaking cable. You yeah. just need your channels. It's just, Yeah. You need your programs. <laughs> you need your programs, and this dangling comes in here and gets obsessed with you and goes up in your attic and... Ugh, so disgusting. Nick and Warwick head off to find Nigel Crane, and Nick comments that he recently had Luna Cable installed in his own home. Poor Nick. To let him watch lots of Duke basketball. <laughs> and... <laughs> so, as soon as I... And there's a Luna Cable man in Nigel Crane's... Yes. You know, because that's where he works. I remembered it. I was like, that was the exact van that was in Nick's driveway when he goes home to watch Duke basketball. <laughs> oh, see that's him. right. It's yes. there in the background. And yes. I was like, I know that van. I know that. <laughs> so the door to Crane's home is ajar. So the two men walk in, just walk inside. Warwick gets a phone call as soon as he goes in. And there's no reception inside Nigel Crane's house. So he goes outside. He's like, I'm going to get this outside. And Nick begins walking, kind of searching the house, and he finds a red-stained glove in the kitchen mm-hmm. from like hair dye. And Suddenly, someone descends from the attic. You just see their feet oh. coming down out of the pantry. It stressed me out. And takes Nick's by surprise, to put it lightly. Oh, uh, yeah. And here's Nick getting scared in strangers' houses again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, while taking his call... Warwick turns around to see Nick pushed from the second story window of the home. Like, out the glass, very dramatic, mission oh, impossible yeah. type of thing. He's coming out backwards. Yes. Like he had been shoved. So. He does land in some bushes. Thank God. Yeah. Warwick has to make a split decision. Do I help Nick? Do I pursue right. the suspect? And he makes the decision to help Nick and lets yeah. the suspect Because that's away. his boo. Because that's his boyfriend. That's his boo, thing. boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> You can't just leave Nick laying in the bushes all willy-nilly. <laughs> so Nick is in the hospital with a concussion and two cracked ribs, but he's soon released to go home and he has to rest for a few weeks. Warwick is dealing with the guilt of not pursuing the suspect and for leaving Nick alone in the home, but Gris ensures that he did the right thing. Grissom also points out that the suspect had every opportunity to kill Nick if he wanted to. But instead, he pushed him out onto some bushes and just injured him. Mm -hmm. Grissom decides that the team should go to Nigel's home and keep investigating. Mm -hmm. So him and Catherine go to the house and they start poking around. 
Catherine points out that Crane has little to no furniture in his house. Like, it looks like the most barest bachelor pad of all time. But when Grissom checks the attic, he finds that Crane's life exists up there. They find an extensive library of videotapes where Nigel Crane discusses his views on other people. He believes them to be beneath him and that he is completely above human understanding. His videos were like a creepy indie movie. Absolutely. Like, no. No, it no, was, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, it made me so sick. It was so weird. It just was gross. Yeah. And then whenever you see what he actually looks like now, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, the poor little sidekick is yeah. not, hopefully not part of the, the whole thing because he's getting a little too many details. It getting rough. too much stuff right. So on one of his videotapes toward the end, Nigel Crane begins speaking about one person who understands him. And Catherine notices that the Crime Stopper article with Nick's picture circled is hanging in the background. Which, ugh. Yeah. The team takes the rest of the tapes to Archie. And they find that Nigel talks about this person, Nick, more and more in the tapes, in the further tapes. And now Nick is Nigel's fixation. So they go to, they're going through like each tape chronologically. Mm-hmm. But then whenever Catherine finds that in the background, they go to the they most go to the recent. End. Yep. Uh, tape and it just yeah and what's his name Archie 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 is the man I love Archie he's so cute I really like him better than the disco DJ I do too you know yeah Archie is like your employee show him Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they show Nick in the hospital I wrote this note down hospitals in television shows at this time this is the thing, I swear. They're all using the same set or something. They're the most <laughs> colorful places. Like, paint on the walls are, like, purple and green That's and true. blue. Yeah. So, I've been keeping a running log of instances of this. Gilmore <laughs> Girls has crazy colorful hospitals. They do. The, just There's like one scene in particular where they have a crazy color hospital. Ben and I have been watching through Smallville. Smallville, they go to the hospital, like, every episode. They're... <laughs> Their, their hospital is so colorful. It's purple walls that and like green weird. or blue like trim. It's terrible. Is it just like the early 2000s? I don't know. I don't know. Now, Smallville and Gilmore Girls are both with the CW or the WV back yeah. then. So they might actually be using the same set. No, I don't think so. Yeah. This is so stupid. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's something that it's you so noticed. Dumb. It's just something yeah. I noticed. I was like, why are all the hospitals so colorful? Why is it so colorful? <laughs> it's supposed to be white and just boring. <laughs> Oh my it's not supposed to be cheerful with cheerful colors. Yep. So Nick is released from his colorful hospital <laughs> and goes home to rest, only to be interrupted by Morris Pearson, our psychic, who says that he's had visions about Nick and he's like, you have to let me in. Like, you're in danger. Nick is really confused, but he caters to Morris, who says that he has seen falling and crashing, which we already know what that is. Right. Somebody seeing through the back of his head in green tea. Morris begins wandering, wandering through Nick's home when Grissom calls and lets Nick know that you're being stalked. Nigel Crane is on to you, all of this. And um, he's like, well, I've got this like psychic friend here of yours. What am I supposed to do? And he's like, <laughs> just keep in there. Like, right. He's, he's, he's with us. Yeah, yeah I guess. I swear, they should have looked into him more. He's yeah. guilty of sin. Or it, seems to be. You he's, know? Well, he is kind of like innocent looking and he's kind of sensitive. But like, do you blame Nick for being on edge letting this man in? He didn't even see the attacker. Yeah. And so he's like, I don't know if this is a dang stalker coming in. You know. I wrote this down. I said, I said, Nick, don't be a dumbass. Why are you letting people in your house? Like, no. You are injured. You're, You're not, not supposed to be walking. <laughs> You are injured. You are not up to par on defending yourself. <laughs> you don't need to open the door. Oh Don't you gosh. know stranger danger? He looked through his dang peephole. I know. 
dummy. And he still he believed him whenever he said, "Oh yeah, I'm a friend of like Grissom. I'm a friend of Grissom's." Like anybody could say that. <gasps> anybody man. could say that. Anyway, after hanging Sorry. up, no, it's okay. After <laughs> hanging up with Grissom, Nick can't find Morris. He's like disappeared into his house looking for shit. But Which is funny and of us, you're like, he's like, like a, well, shit. Like a cat. <laughs> like, him. where are you? Um, but he hears heavy footsteps coming from his ceiling. Oh, yeah. And at that moment, in his living room, the ceiling falls in and Morris's body falls onto the floor. Followed quickly by Mr. Nigel Crane. Now, I have something to say about Nigel Crane. I was watching this and I was like, he looks familiar as all get out. And so I was sitting there staring at him. I was like, he he looks like somebody. Looks like somebody I've seen in some kind of movie. Yeah. And I was thinking in my head, my favorite movie of all time is The Green Mile. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. Uh, who hasn't seen okay, The Green Mile? Okay, thank God. So, <laughs> Mr. Percy Wetmore, our little shit in The Green Mile that gets sent to the insane asylum because he's an evil SOB, yeah. is Nigel Crane. What? With thick glasses on. Yes. I was sitting there, I was like, he looks like Percy. He looks like per- I was like, yeah, it's not Percy though. Did you look it up? I did. And oh it, and my it was gosh! Like, there he is, <gasps> and I was so happy. It, like it just absolutely thrilled me. That is <laughs> crazy. Was- I was, you know, I was wondering why he looked familiar. Well, because he was still fr- really creepy. Yeah. And I was like, why does? What do we do? <laughs> and I, well, I was watching this. And I was like, he's a fantastic actor. Like he's like really getting into it. Like wow. he's really creeping me out. And I was like, makes <laughs> so much sense. Makes so much sense. So now I'm going to watch the Green Mile. Now I need again. to watch the Green Mile. <laughs> watched it in like years it's my most favorite movie in the so, entire world i love it so yeah. much i mean is it on anything oh uh, maybe i'm not sure i've got the dvd oh. but <laughs> I, honestly it wouldn't surprise me if we have the dvd but we are not peasants in this house um we watch blu-ray, oh, yeah, blu-ray. Um, my husband makes fun of me for wanting to just buy a regular dvd and he's like we're not he told me one day in walmart he's like we are not peasants we are not buying okay. anything less than blu-ray. so a side note I have all of the Harry Potters that I've collected over the past, like, ever how many years on my, you know, like, full screen or widescreen basic-ass yes. DVDs because I was in, like, high school. I'm not rich. Oh, yeah. So, I've got them all. And Ben was like, let's get rid of all of these and let's get you, like, the Blu-ray, like, the nice Blu-ray set. And I was like, no. Absolutely not. No, these are my treasures. I don't want the <laughs> don't Blu-ray. T- <laughs> I want my full screen version of Goblet of Fire that I bought for $5 when... I was like thirteen. Well, like, like, like you not touching my collection. Yeah. Mine. Do you remember whenever the um, what was it? It was one that didn't last long at all. Uh, a version. Yes. Of um. It was a HD DVD. Yes. And you had ordered the I Phoenix. Had <laughs> Mom, because I wasn't allowed to have uh Harry Potter. Yeah. And but I, spoiler alert! I've seen all the movies. And I've read some of the books. But, uh, yes, that was the only copy that I had. I know. And I, I think about that every time. And that Trail anybody mentions like, HD DVD. And I, was, I tell Ben, I was like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm finished. I have it somewhere. And I was like, and he's like, that's so sad. She can't even watch it. <laughs> and Trent was like, why on earth do you have this? I was like, I don't know. It was just, I really wanted it. It's I'm, a treasure. Don't yes, get rid of it. Yes. And he was like, you do realize that those did not last any time. Was, mm-hmm. Those were like they a huge not. failure. They were. I was like, well, that's that's all I can get at the time. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I'm so sorry. That was such a tangent, but I was just so <laughs> if excited. If that doesn't show our personalities, I was, I was so excited that Nigel Crane is Percy Whitmore. Yeah. So they begin to talk. Uh, Nigel's falling to the floor or the ceiling. <laughs> so I'm talking, talking to Nick. <laughs> 
So they begin to chat. Nigel reveals that he has extensive knowledge of Nick's day-to-day life and confirms that Nigel's wearing the clothes that Nick believed to be lost at the dry cleaners. Which yes. And Nick is like, are you wearing my clothes? <laughs> yeah, like, in that mind? Like, you weirdo. Nigel says he feels connect- he felt connected to Nick since he Ugh. came to install Nick's cable and that he posed Jane to look like Nick's prom date as a gift. Uh, that's why Nick's stomach fell out of his butthole because he was like, why does this look oddly familiar? Yes. And, you know, she obviously he dyed her hair or whatever. Yeah. Ugh. I forgot this in my notes, but when he hears the walking on the ceiling, I wrote down, maybe it's just a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very large raccoon, raccoon. If, if, that, if that is. Anyway. Nigel begins to get angry and says that Nick has been blowing him off. And we see that Nigel was present in the background of several scenes throughout the episode. I know, I saw that. So like when like Nick goes home, Nick, when Nick goes home, he's walking the opposite direction on the street. When Nick and Warwick go up the stairs of Nigel's home, he's there in the background. Like, yeah, it's just like, it. hate it, hate it. People are so disgusting. He is so weird. Yeah. So, and Nick is kind of trying to... Uh, talk him out talk it out with him like hey do you want me to help process morris pearson's body bless his heart like trying to get him involved in his world yeah like he's like world, he's like, like you want to open him up <laughs> like, like no <laughs> no this is a crop scene he's so calm and collected though and it just yeah poor nick he's he's all like bandaged up and he's got his, his broken ribs and yeah. concussion and all that Anyway, he asks Nigel, he's like, how do you see this ending? Like, you know, what are we going to do from here? And Nigel says that he wants Nick to remember his name. And then he turns the gun on himself. Nick starts wrestling with him for the gun. And the cops arrive before either of them get hurt, thankfully. Yes. Nigel's held in an interrogation room where he keeps repeating, I am one and who am I? I am one and who am I? I was wondering, I'm glad you said that because Mm -hmm. I could not for the life of me figure out what he was saying. It's so creepy. Yeah. And Grissom, through watching more tapes... Reveals that Nigel has been obsessed with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which mm. is like, in order to be self-actualized, you need like shelter, food, all, you know, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And he's been obsessed with this psychological theory. Nigel believes he needed someone to control Jane and someone to become who is Nick. In Nigel's realization, Nick would have to die in order for Nigel to become him. And because they both can exist in the same world, it's very complicated. They don't spend very much time talking about it. Psychology, right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I want. I don't know if uh, Nigel Crane comes up anymore in any further episodes. I hope he does because number one, I love that actor. Number two, he's very fascinating. Like I want more time spent on all like, this stuff that he's of dealing his psychology with. Psychology of his character. Yes, yeah. I want to know more about that. I want to like get into mm-hmm. the nitty gritty with him. I hope he's not just a one off, but we'll see. Right. And when Sarah tries to comfort Nick at the end, she's like, it's over, man. You know, you're all right. And Nick just says, it's not over for me. That's it. And it just... So sad. Yeah. So sad. It just... It hurts. It hurts my heart because Nick is so sensitive. I know. He is. He's such a sensitive little flower. Yes. He's just so little. Nick. Anyway, that is the end of the episode for this one. It was a really good episode, but it did make me so uncomfortable and tense during the entire thing. Yes. Do not watch it at night. No. Do not watch it at night. <laughs> so let's jump into fashion. You want to start with fashion? Sure. Okay. Warwick is looking fine in this episode. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> He's 
in that like short sleeve button down, and it's like like he's got a couple buttons undone at the top, and he's got a little bit of chest he's showing. Got a, you know, I mean, yeah, got the chesticles going. Like, yeah, boom. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's feeling it. He's, he's feeling, feeling it. it. He had a green jacket too at some point. That again, the jackets on the show are top tier. <laughs> You and jackets. I love That's funny. Sarah's like fixed her hair at one point. Sarah's hair is getting better. It is. It's getting much, much better. I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. She also had her tiny little matrix glasses again, which are a choice. And I was like, I'm hoping she grows out of them eventually. (laughs) But it is early 2000s, so we'll see. (laughs) Do you have anything else for fashion? Those are my big ones. Was just how hot Um, work is. (laughs) No, because I mean, Nick couldn't really help his wardrobe. That's true. Um... Yeah, I gave Nick a pass on this episode. Yeah. Uh, Greg has still got the faux hawk going mm-hmm. um, in a lot of these episodes. Grissom is still plain Jane. Grissom is still Grissom. Yeah, and Catherine, her hair is getting great. I know. I'm loving her hair. Oh my gosh, yeah. the layers, she looks incredible. Yes. Um, no, I, th- I think you hit it like really, really well. Because I did notice that Warwick was stepping it up and he's going all frumpy. <laughs> He's no longer in his like massive pants or yeah, or like uh, poor Nick's like wide hipped uh, <laughs> hard cargo pants or Aww. whatever they were. Yeah, love his Get heart. Those. So let's go. Let's talk about Greg because you mentioned his faux hawk is still there. There, he's wearing a Union Jack T-shirt at some point, oh, which really? was real big back in that time. I had I, a Union I, Jack I T-shirt as well. I didn't notice. That. And there was one scene with Greg that made me laugh out loud. So, let me find it. I put the timestamp on. <laughs> Greg so is getting better and better. He's starting to come in more. He's His personality is freaking amazing. Shining and it, like I said, like like we've said before, it is kind of slow getting him in there. But yeah. he was trying to like weasel himself in there. And he's doing a fabulous job. He is doing a fabulous job. Ooh, also look at work. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Girl. <laughs> Girl, Lord. you looking fine. Okay, here we go. Blanca. Wrong question. Come on, Greg. I'm not getting anything out of Trace. I was hoping you could help me out here. Well, I took a snip, ran across amino electrophoresis, didn't pass. Not hair, not human. What are you reading? <laughs> this is pink. Pink, this is Warwick. You know how hot you are. <laughs> so it's all, it's kind of hard to understand what's going on without looking at the video. But yeah. Greg's Greg's sitting there reading a teen magazine while while Warwick his results are while he comes in uh, and he's processing. Like, Greg, what are you reading? It's like this is pink, and like pink is on the cover, and he's like, you know how hot you are. <laughs> oh, it's so great. He is so quirky and just so fun. random. Mix magazine collection comes like, into play in the next episode we're going to cover so just <laughs> wait for that. It's fantastic. Okay. Good lordy. Uh, okay. Yes. Final thoughts on Stalker. I think that this villain is one of the scariest that we've had so far. There goes that. Oh. <laughs> I've got it playing in the, in the living so, room still. He's terrifying. Paul Melander is very terrifying as well. This yeah. guy is so much more unhinged than Paul Melander, yes. though. Like, Paul Melander is, like, he's very calm, cool, and collected. He can lead through two or three different lives at once. Right. This guy is going off the deep end, and he's, like, he escalates half second away from combusting. Right. Yeah. He escalates a little quicker mm-hmm. than um, Paul Melander's does. Yeah. Um, because, like you said, Paul Melander tries to, like, 
blend in with life. And he's a freaking judge. Yeah. Ugh. Just, ugh. So weird. And then, yeah. No, this guy really, really freaked me out. And yeah. to think of him, like, living upstairs in your house and, like, looking at... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 So no. I agree that this is, like, a really good episode of, like, the content was actually pretty heavy. Um, not gonna lie. Uh-huh. Um, but it was... It was such a good episode. So good. Yeah. Just don't watch it at night. No. No. If, but if it's very, very good. And it's a... It's probably the best... Definitely the best Nick episode we've had so far. And Nick's Absolutely. got some doozies coming yeah, out. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. But, like, as the show builds, I feel like their, I guess, like, character trials yeah. that they go through is, like, it just gets better and better. It does like, better I just freaking love this show. Love it. Love it. So... Who's the episode MVP? I think this one's a given. It's Nikki. Absolutely. Sweet little he Nikki. has went through a lot. He is just pitiful. He's, go- he's he gone through stalker? people stalking him, falling out windows, being scared in homes again. <laughs> being <laughs> just, what are you doing? <laughs> just letting this random guy like uh, fiddle fart around his house and then he freaking loses him. And yeah. Loses him. He just loses him. He just wanders off. Oh, Lord of mercy. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the rankings. So how did we rank the case in this one? Cool. The case was like intense. I gave it a five. Probably more like a four and a half. Probably. Yeah. I was thinking four. Yeah. At least a four because least a it four. is it's pretty intense. But like I said, you know, it's a really good episode. The whole team is on it, and it's just it's just really good. Yep. And character development, I so Nick develops a lot. Nobody else really does hardly anything in this episode, as right. far as I can tell. Like so I gave focused. it a three. Yeah, I feel like it's a little more focused on Nick. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree with that. So that averages out to a three point five for me. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. I feel like three point five to four. Because uh, I feel like the episode itself was just really good. It was very good. Yeah. It was good. It was good. And we have reached the end of the episodes that we're covering in season two. Yes. That's it. Oh my God. We're moving on to season three. (laughs) Let's go to season three. And then, uh, like we've said before in every episode, um, probably me more so than Hannah, (laughs) um, that we will definitely look back at the rankings because this is, what, 25 on the list yeah we're right in the middle so we'll definitely kind of work some numbers there with the rankings on yeah. our on see our whether end. it deserves to be number 25 yes or not. but i'm glad that it was pretty high because mm-hmm. it was really good yeah it was good I'm scared the bananas out of me but <laughs> it was really good but yeah no it was a great episode fantastic yeah, well yes yeah yes i guess we're at the end of this episode, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us for yes, this past hour. Thanks for listening to our little banters, um, <laughs> side notes. Side notes, stories, you know, etc. We, we want to be personal. You know? <laughs> so we got to be personal. We don't we're let very robots. many people into our little world here. So yeah. We're not robots. No, we have thoughts and feelings and get on elevators with large people ever so often. And we're just stuck in bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, it just happens. Just just stay with us. We're great. <laughs> we're so much fun. Well, if, you can't, if you've hung on this long, thank you for hanging on with us. And if you like what you hear, click that little subscribe or follow button or whatever it is you got and... Keep up with us because we release a new episode every Tuesday where we'll, next Tuesday, we'll jump on into season three. Yes, absolutely. Move right along. Yes. So thank you, folks. And uh, check the description of the podcast if you'd like to connect with us on Instagram, TikTok, or email, whatever you like. Let me tell you, go to TikTok. 
Hannah is freaking amazing with the, <laughs> with the ticker talkers because Greg is hilarious and Hannah is very creative. Aww. And it's just great. She's cool. It's just great. Yeah. Right. Check out our check out all our stuff because we're we're active. We're we're doing it. Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, we will see you next Tuesday where we will jump into season three and keep moving on through the series. We're not calling you a see you next Tuesday. We're seeing you next Tuesday. What does that mean? I didn't know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never heard that before in my life. We're not calling me? you a see you next Tuesday. We are. We will see you next Tuesday. We will. I'm we... so sorry. <laughs> Bye, lab rats. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>